Okay, so we this is session eight, if you don't count our mini sessions. And today we were going with Matt's pick of Meditation mm-hmm. by John Cabot Zinn. And um, super nice guy. I think it would be really um, intimidating. Cool to actually meet him. I think it would be really intimidating because he sounds so perfect. I mm-hmm. you know, I would just like fall asleep in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're a happy place. I'm really happy for you. Um, that's that's awesome. Okay, so um, that's stupid, but whatever. No, that was awesome. That was awesome. So this was one of those times where we, when we decided what to talk about, we said, "Well, how does that apply to our mission?" We talked about that at that time, and and we decided there was application because meditation is supposed to be so important. And then I started watching it, and I found. It was like three removed for me to find something applicable to our mission in this, um, in this podcast. So, so can I can I can I lead with this question? When you were watching this, because you didn't find a lot that was applicable mm-hmm. in your words, not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have a lot going on? Um, I not a lot going on, but I had procrastinated to a point where I was going to have to wait a <laughs> that's long. Ca- that's called a lot going on. Okay, I forgot. Right. Yeah, I did. I had a lot going on. Okay, because I could see that that would be a hard jump mentally to make to go from this guy who is on the extreme mm-hmm. side of slow and Mister Rogersy and methodical and sing songy. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to uh, listen to it in a higher speed, like you do sometimes. Yeah, and the pauses are just. Out of control, dramatic. <laughs> so it was really funny, though. Like, sometimes when I was listening to it, at least twice I ended up on the treadmill, which is really fun because it's like mixing uppers and downers, you know? Because uh, you're trying to jog, and then you're like, was that just like a minute and 45 second pause? Right? It's a weird thing because usually with the podcast, I'll listen as I'm on the treadmill, you know? Oh, that's funny. But it's weird to listen to this guy talk about meditation when you're on the treadmill. You anyway. are on a roll with your funnies today. Yeah, uh, he is. is. So right. thoughts on this? Oh, I, I totally embraced it because I am so hyper. And, and so I actually was introduced to this concept a few years ago, but I never associated it with meditation. Mm-hmm. Just the whole idea of being in the moment. Yep. Because I have zzz, 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 you know, going on. And, and, in, and in relation to a business opportunity or for a business world or for the purpose of this group, I just think it's so important for everyone to try and be in the moment. Yes. There's so many projects I go to work on and people have their own agendas. So they come in, they don't listen to what anyone else is saying. They want to get their mm-hmm. thing brought forward and they miss stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea of being able to read the room and, and sense what, where people are at. If you're in the moment, you pick up on that. You pick yeah. up on the, the subtle, um, does that person look exasperated? Does that person look nervous? Does that person look like they need some kind of help? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you pick up on those things if you choose to be in the moment. And um, one of the things he pointed out is awareness is a human superpower. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That just stuck with me. That yep. uh, that whole idea of being able to observe and absorb and, you know, have thoughtful experience in the moment can change the whole outcome. What did he mean when he said, he said right, right after that comment, he said, awareness is better than thought. What does that mean? Uh, he said something in that same paragraph about mindfulness is a way of being, not doing. So we always think it has to have an action. It always has to have an action. But I think it's like this whole Zen, Darth Vader, you've got this being going on. And, and it's, uh, 
it's it's just a way of doing things. What I really appreciated about this guy is he's found words Mm -hmm. to talk about fairly abstract concepts Mm -hmm. that are very difficult. And as I'm listening to you go, ah, and you're moving your hands mm-hmm. back and forth, there's a lot of that to what this guy is talking about. But he he does a good job of finding kind of the right set of words to help you understand specifically what he's talking about, which there is an art to that. And this guy is obviously very, very good at it. Yeah. I, I, um, I didn't find any clarity in his description, though. Maybe that was because of where I was in my mental mind. So... <laughs> So one of the things he said, like his whole idea of what is mindfulness yep, and how you are judging without judging. Mm-hmm. So his definition of mindfulness, the awareness that arises out of paying attention on purpose in the present um, without judgment. But you have judgment. But in this moment, it's the fact that you are aware that you have judgment. Like I just, I just. I I don't know. I couldn't do it. Well, so to I, me, okay, go ahead. go ahead. Well, I have it in that oh, I am here. a very certain way in my politics. Mm-hmm. But I've had to work on projects where I've had to go contrary to my personal politics for the good of the project and the good of the group and also for the esprit de corps. I mean, I, I, I keep certain pieces of that to myself that there's some, some concept. For example, when I was at the chamber... I had to lobby for pro-business issues, and I had to present a pro-business agenda at all times. Some of those things I personally didn't necessarily believe in, but I had to separate church and state and decide what was for the good of the cause and for the good of the group that I was representing that I believed in and what was my personal belief. So to come to a mindfulness kind of of symmetry in there where I could still feel true to myself, but do my job and, and feel true to the project. Hmm. Yeah. And I think maybe it boils down to name it to tame it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, kind of the takeaway, what, he, what he's saying is you realize that the thought pops up after you drop in, right? And by drop in, meaning you're in kind of like a meditative state and then you have a thought that pops in. And then you can go, okay, I recognize that that's my thought and I'm just okay with it. And now I'm going to move on and I'm going to see what else pops up. And I always kind of love this idea. And I know me and Amy have talked about this a lot, that there's this laundry list or this queue of ideas that's in your head. And I think that this idea of mindfulness allows that queue to cycle through very quickly the same way that a free day does. So the free, a free day serves the purpose of there's this queue of good ideas and then there's the one idea that's like the gem, right? Good idea, good idea, good idea, good idea. And then there's this gem. Well, maybe if I do this, mindfulness allows you to cycle through that queue the same way that a free day does. And so it's recognizing, okay, that might be a good idea. Okay, there's an idea. And you're just understanding in your brain, here's an idea that's out there. Let's just recognize it for what it is. Oh, here's another idea. Let's just recognize that one for what it is. Mm-hmm. And that gets you through to the gem. And that those are the real kind of game changers. So two things there. First, that did actually help me. Um, because when I'm doing meditation, I often think, okay, I'm going to empty my brain so that one great idea will come in and then I've got something to act on. And so what you're saying is is 
interesting because I would almost like open my eyes at that point and write down the idea I just had so I wouldn't forget it. But you're saying that his his message is to allow that idea to be there, accept that you had that idea and then let it go without judgment and keep meditating. Yeah. Is that right? So, and I love the thing that this is part of the process. Him giving permission to the audience to say this is part of the process is so key to know like when those ideas pop up, even this morning when I was doing this, right? In the course of 45 minutes of doing this this morning, I literally dropped out, right? Something came up and then I had to kind of let I, let that idea go at least 50 times. At least 50 times my brain hijacked the situation. And usually pre this, you know, training that we did, I would say that that would bring me out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, throw this away. It's not working. But to understand that as those ideas pop up, that you can kind of let go of them and know that that's part of the process. It was like a huge game changer for me and having somebody give me permission because I'm such a people pleaser, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For, for, for me, it's, it's kind of like I need somebody to give me permission to know that that's part of the process. That's huge for me personally. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. I, I think that's helpful. What I, I was trying to get your correlation. So when you talk about free day, Yep. You have a you have a belief from a training you had you had an extensive training yep. that you have to take free days. Where and so how does that correlate to the list? So in strategic coach they say when you're on a free day you're going to have very very good ideas. And most people take and turn around and they write these good ideas down. They go, "Oh, that's a good idea." They recognize it for what it is and they write it down. Or they make a phone call on the free day. Or they do something to move the ball forwards. Mm-hmm. And what Strategic Coast not asks but demands, unless they kick you out of the program, that's how severe they are about this, which you've then successfully managed to waste ten grand because you didn't follow what they teach. Um, they just say, when you have the good idea, you don't do anything with it because if the good idea is good enough, you'll remember it the next day. That's actually brilliant. It is. It is brilliant. It is. And it's interesting that that kind of concept or teaching goes so perfectly along with what they're saying about meditation, that if the game changer within meditation is good enough, your brain will just retain it because it'll bubble to the top. Okay, that was good. Mm-hmm. You're really on it today. You are. Did wow. you have a nap? I know. It's my beer. <laughs> morning medicine. And did you really meditate for 45 minutes this morning? Yeah. Maybe that's why. That could be. He freed his brain. Yeah. Um. But just that permission, it takes somebody giving me permission to know that it's okay. And him saying, yes, you have permission to, when the ideas pop up, realize that that's part of the process. Because I always think like, oh, I had an idea. Oh, my brain isn't clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, this isn't working. Okay, now I need to be done. So that I, I think that's really interesting. That I never would have thought to do medi- me- meditation. If mediation. It, well, I'm it's doing, kind of the same thing. Not I know. Really. I, not I'm really doing, at all. I'm doing a mediation this week and I'm prepping for it right now. And so I, it's on my mind. Um, but meditation, if, if I never would have thought to do it except all of the evidence that's come out that it improves every part of your life mm-hmm. um, because I'm task oriented. Sure. And so there was no reason for me to it's do that. It's the opposite of everything that we've been trained to do. 
Hmm. How are you efficient? How do you get stuff done? How do you make cool connections? How do you put the right people in the room? How do you da 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 da? Oh, well, it's okay that who you are is not linked to the outcome. That's okay. You know, for just an hour or half an hour every day, the outcome it's almost irrelevant. For just hmm. a little bit of time, like let go of that. I and think that's part of the, re- that was the big reason I had trouble with this. I could totally see that. Yeah, I had trouble. And actually, um, and Matt and I have talked about this on, on other stuff for, or just privately, that I try to reserve 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. for myself. And included in there is a list of things I'm supposed to do. And I have never done them. I reserve <laughs> every day, 6 to 9, for those things to get done. And I refuse to give up on the fact that someday I will do them. Um, but what happens is I start working right away. Sure. And, and the idea of um, sitting down and meditating for 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, that's 30 minutes I could get stuff done. You yeah. know, so I, I really I really struggle with that of needing to be productive mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I can get with that. I want to hear it, Marie, because we've talked a long time. What are, what are you thinking about right Oh, I now? love the free day idea. When, when I... Th- Thinking of that, I, I think, when did my best stuff come from? And it was from those days where I just let my brain go. This is why it's so good that you didn't do this last week when you're on vacation. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I Something snapped in me when I, a couple years ago, I had a, a thing happen professionally. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm not going to rely on any more big collaborations, I am just going to go all in on my own businesses. And something snapped in me that made me completely unable, and I'm not saying permanently unable, but unable to relax. And so turning everything else off, Mm -hmm. I have a real tough time with. Mm -hmm. Um, I do buy into the whole idea we've talked about in multiple sessions that you have to have more than just your work in order to be good at your work. Very much so. So that's why I love this podcast because then I can watch stuff that is related to my work mm-hmm. that isn't my work. Yeah. Right. But this was too far afield of my work because of where I am personally sure. in being able to let go. and. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, pre-pandemic, if I was to watch this... Mm-hmm. Um, I would be in the exact same boat with you. I would have been like, this is too slow. I can't do this. I got mm-hmm. two episodes in. I'm done. But with the pandemic and how my world has slowed down, I'm sure. like I'm like in the sweet spot right now. <laughs> this is my jam. I got to tell you, you're like a different person. <laughs> I don't even know who I wanna, you are. I want to know more about Marin's notes. <laughs> what other, my notes? Yeah. Well, he did what list uh, six things that were attitudinal foundations of mindfulness. Okay. Um, one was non-judging. Okay. You know? And and sometimes in work issues, I do go into a meeting or I do go into a project thinking, I've, I've got this, I know what I'm doing. And, and sometimes you're not open to other concepts, ideas, even out of your own head. You know, you kind of get in the rhythm of how you do things. Yeah. And then it's like, wait a minute, this is getting stale. I keep open to something fresh. Um, the quality of patience, which I'm pretty sure for the three of us, that's a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty bit. sure or a hundred percent sure a little sure <laughs> yes yes so the, just the whole idea that our time zones are faster than most people's mm-hmm. and that you have to yeah when you're with normal people yes and then 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 you go wow this is slow 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that that's a challenge. Um, the beginner's mind. Uh, there are many possibilities. That you know, we forget that. Like even like Grace reading me her story this morning. All the possibilities she had that could take place, and and that whole idea of doesn't have to make sense. Mm-hmm. It can just be fun. Yeah. It can just be nonsensical and, and, and be great. So the, thinking back to that beginner's mind, I was listening to a young woman yesterday talk about social media and she, the rest of us were, our jaws were slackened because she is so ahead of the curve in what she's doing with, with podcasts and social media with her business. Um, you, you know, you got to keep that in your mind. Just when you think you know everything, yep. there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of cool new concepts out there that you so, have to be receptive to. I didn't watch this part. So mm-hmm. define that again. What's the beginner's mind? The beginner's mind is it's just there are many possibilities. It's not linked in to the ex- outcome. In an expert's mind, there's just a couple because they're an expert. And this is what works and this is what's tried okay. and true. In a beginner's mind, you can try it this way. You can try it this way. It might be wrong, but you might learn something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then there was the whole thing we started with our, our first podcast with trust. You know, you, you have to trust your own trustfulness. You know, allow the moment to be it as, as it is. So if you trust yourself, then when you're confronted with something that isn't ethical or something that isn't true, um, you, can, you can go back to your core. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of all have that and we have our gut. And So talking about trusting yourself, um, there's one gentleman that I absolutely love what he teaches and I also struggle with it at the same time. <laughs> and uh, he says... You can learn to trust yourself if you wake up in the morning and if one of your goals is to make your own bed and you make your bed, you know that you're trustworthy as the first thing in the morning. So you get out of bed and you make your own bed and you go, hey, I'm trustworthy. You want to trust yourself some more. Well, one of your goals is to go get in shape. Well, if you go and do some physical exercise, now you've given yourself two giant check marks that you made your own bed and you got yourself moving, right? Now the rest of the day, you bring that level of trustworthiness because first you have to be willing to trust yourself and the promises that you make to yourself. And if you can't, or, you know, so most people, what do they do? They get to the end of the year. Now all of a sudden it's uh, New Year's night. Okay, let's make a you know thing mm-hmm. for New Year's. Well, at the very beginning of the year, you've told yourself for the rest of the year, I'm not trustworthy. Well, if you can't trust yourself, how are you supposed to trust other people, <laughs> right. right? So that, that, that plays into this trustworthiness of am mm-hmm. I trustworthy? Sure. Well, a very simple thing is pick something like, you know, if you're really bad at even trusting yourself, just brush your teeth. Well, at least you're trustworthy for brushing your own teeth, you know, and then let's add to that and let's make your bed. Okay, let's add to that and let's add a little exercise. Okay, let's add to that and create a mindfulness. Mm -hmm. But that's that comes back to that idea of am I trustworthy? Mm -hmm. Well, are you trustworthy, first of all, to yourself? And you have to do that before you can be trustworthy to others. Hmm. Hmm. Amy, Amy. Hmm. So anyway, this is this is what you you're talking about. This Amy, like, well, every day I uh, I have a little trouble getting all of my stuff done. And in the back of my head, I'm going, "Well, oh, do you trust yourself?" You know. Well, so it's interesting. Before you said that last statement, I was actually writing down, "I don't trust myself when it comes to me, but I do trust what I will do for others." Ah. And so then when your last statement was, I can't be trustworthy to others until I can be trustworthy myself. I'm like, well, holy Hannah, I'm back at you know square one. <laughs> Dang, have it. And again, I think the idea is um, 
big people talk about ideas and these are just ideas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just ways of handling. And things. I think others would say, if you're not trustworthy to yourself, it's because you're not giving yourself enough value. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take care of yourself, it's that whole, you know, mask on first and the airplane right. thing. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I get it. Put the mask on first before you put it on your kid. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah. When people say mask on first. I'm like thinking about COVID mask. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, now we're in a new world. I, right? get, I got it. I, it yeah. took me a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number five was non-striving. Here it's, he talked about the whole idea that we're all naturally competitive and you have to come to terms with your competitiveness when being mindful. You know, at, at what point do you just want to win versus do you want to learn something from this? Do you want to do something for the good of all? Do you want to have a collaborative outcome or do you just want to win? And so to to put in check your natural competitiveness. Hmm. And sometimes it can be good. Can, uh, it, yeah, you know, spur you on to the spur next you on. thing. Put, you know, it can be a personal kind of thing, but... And I think if you turn it and you say it's not just about winning, mm-hmm. but it's always about doing, mm-hmm. um, that that makes non-striving make sense for some people more so than competitive. Because a lot of people like to believe they're not competitive. Oh, yeah. yeah none of us. But um, <laughs> but they like to think of themselves as not competitive, Yeah. but they may still be drivers. So mm-hmm. it's the whole idea of not, not striving means not to drive. To, yeah. Okay. I like that too. I think along with the non-striving part, it's who you're on the journey with. And I know that we've talked quite a bit about this, but in end of the life interviews with these people that work in hospice, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because, you know, you always talk to them and what do they all talk about? They always talk about their kids. They never talk about their work. Sure. Right, so you're, you're doing hospice type of things, and you're hearing from either the people that are in hospice or the caretakers this whole idea of family and relationship. And I just think when it comes to work, it's who you're on the journey with, not necessarily what the journey is actually about, because everyone kind of gets to do some type of journey. That's okay. That's part of the process, but it's who that you're actually on the journey with, and especially during COVID right now, when we've had this chance to be kind of reflective. I just think there's certain friends that I have like you guys and Johnny F and a handful of other people that I'm, and it's really fun because the projects that I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying because of who I get to do the journey with, not necessarily what the journey is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, tangentially, this is related to that. Somebody the other day asked me why I, I had seen success in what I've done. And I said, I can tell you from the first contact I made when I started my consulting business in 2005 to the one that I made last Friday, a connection. Everyone has been about the people that I've gone on the journey with. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you exactly what we worked on at that time. Yeah. But I can tell you that I got my first contact for my consulting gig from a woman that I started working with straight out of school. And that woman she introduced me to led to, and I mean, then it just blew up. And, and it is always about the people. Yeah. And that's why it's so exciting to get to know new people Mm -hmm. because you're just basically asking the question, oh, do do you get to be on my journey? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's really ultimately the question of a lot of those fished interactions. Oh, you might get to be on my journey. Mm -hmm. Why are you so excited when you're around new people? Well, they might get to be on my -hmm. journey. And can you take it even further and say we may be able to go on a journey together? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there may be something there. It's our journey. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. important too. Um. The work will always be there. There will always be some level of work. Mm-hmm. And if you're an ideas person, the work will usually be slightly elevated. 
and then it mm-hmm. becomes the who, not the right, the what. Yeah. So yeah. Brad Conner just gave me a book actually two weeks ago, and the name of the book is um, "Who Not How." Mm-hmm. Right. And so the idea is, and it's kind of like a broken record book, sure, where it keeps going back to the same thing mm-hmm. of you don't have to know how to do that; you have to know who. Mm-hmm. can help you do that and sure. so really great entrepreneurs and people that have gone far so to speak in whatever their field is they get to a situation and they ask who they don't ask how you do this who who does mm-hmm. this right who mm-hmm. has the expertise in this you know it's really disappointing to me though when i call the who and they're like well how would we do that how would you know like they get into that yeah <laughs> I, I have a I have a business. I'm I, totally yes. like that. Uh, I, 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 I had a biz. I have a business idea, and I called um, one of my first mentors at the first company I ran, second company I ran, and she. Um, I called her because I knew she was semi-retired, and I'm like, oh, she'd be perfect for this business, and she can do it as kind of a side hustle on her way out of retire uh, into retirement. And we spent the whole time her going. Well, I don't know how we would do that. I don't know how I would do that. I, you know, it was very much not my who, my normal who. Like yeah. 10 years ago, I would have been able to just call her and say, hey, here's an idea. What do you think? And she'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and so it, um, that's always disappointing when I think I know my who and they're like, eh, no, I'm really not. With I'm that not being who. said, um, Carol would do the exact same thing. And my wife's job, personality-wise, is to poke holes in whatever the theory is. Oh, yeah. And so I I have come to respect that on some level where you go, oh, yeah, this is extremely frustrating for a quick start like we are, mm-hmm. right? But part of her being the right who is her job is literally by the book, paint by color, to poke holes in whatever the theory is. And mm-hmm. that's so frustrating, but yet it's a superpower mm-hmm. because you can oftentimes see what's wrong with the idea. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you, um, and I had my biggest aha moment in my personal growth in the last year with a friend telling me that I was impulsive. Like, not in a negative way. She was, like, saying, you know, have you thought that maybe... <laughs> You know, maybe you're impulsive. And uh, so she was doing it in a very nice way. And, um, Do you consider sedatives? Yeah, I know. Do you, can you get more meds? So um, that was a really big aha moment. And I think mindfulness actually goes to that, is that don't be impulsive. Don't let everything just kind of happen and don't be in a hurry to know the answer, to know the next step, but just be in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your number six? Acceptance. So um, you see the actuality of something, and then you realize, okay, maybe it's not going to be what I thought in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but through the journey of massaging it and being mindful and open, accept this is what it is. And you're you're okay with that. You you come to a point where you've you've gone through all of the phases, and it's acceptance. This is what it is. By the way, which is... At the core of how people define forgiveness mm-hmm. is because for, I really struggle with what forgiveness means. Right. And forgiveness is accepting that what you wanted to be wasn't. Mm-hmm. And by releasing your expectations of what you wanted it to be, you can forgive. And so mindfulness actually goes to forgiveness too. Sure. Very much so. Huh. I'm going to have to watch the rest of the flipping videos. It, it is good. <laughs> It's it, it's very good as an early morning or a late night thing, mm-hmm. but if you're in work mode, this is the wrong. <laughs> We're on a treadmill. It sounds like it'd be painful. Yeah. I think that would be painful. 
I, it was actually kind of fun because <laughs> I knew how ridiculous it was. Um, yeah. But, by the way, I liked that he had a sense of humor about things. Yes. You know, he he is clearly a thinker mm-hmm. and um, clearly for over 40 years developing this this technique and these thoughts and philosophies, et cetera. But he's still. To, yeah, go ahead. He's humorous mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He is one of the people that if he offered a weekend course where you can go and actually sit with him and you're not doing it little 45 minutes here, an hour here, an hour and a half here. Mm-hmm. If you could go for a weekend, I think you could really wrap, wrap your mind around it a lot better. Sure. Because I feel like it's an immersion type of thing mm-hmm. more than a sampler platter. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like on this level of it, of what was there three, four hours of training right. here, I feel like it's a sampler platter and it would be better to have the meat and potatoes than the sampler platter. Okay. So I got to tell you, when I started seeing, because I did procrastinate, I started seeing 24 minutes on one lesson. 18 minutes on one less and i was like really <laughs> really well when you have minute and a half long pauses yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and he did have good examples yeah. yeah well i i will watch it i want to um, go back through the body scan one. Oh sure and so tell me about that yeah yeah well can you talk about the body scan no. part it it uh it's basically the idea that you're scanning to figure out where you're holding Holding your pressure, negativity, right? And to me, that, I don't know, that's such a key thing because I'm pretty good about faking it on the outside, but then on the inside, like there's certain parts of my body where I will literally hold the pressure. There's one spot in my back and I have a spot in my stomach, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'll actually like hold the pressure right there. That was, I needed that introduction. Yes. And, and he it helps you with, from a holistic standpoint, think about, okay, I've got some angina going on. So I'm obviously holding some stuff here. Granted, it can be a reaction to some food, but there are certain spots where people tend to have their tension. So it makes sense for people that have tension headaches or knots in their neck. That's where you hold it. And so having that understanding of it mm-hmm. actually helps loosen mm-hmm. that or helps yeah. you take care of that body part. You know, where I notice that the most is when you do... Um meditation or yoga and it's being led by someone and they say close your eyes and um soften your eye sockets or soften your yeah, mouth release what's mm. behind release your that. Eyes. and i'm like oh my god i didn't realize that my mouth right. was so yes my jaw oh, yeah. my jaw, my jaw. Hold so much tension yeah. in your jaw it's just crazy yeah i didn't realize so the last couple of weeks so i'm in the third week now of way more um expectations of me and scheduling than i'd had all of covid and and I didn't realize that was stressing me out because I don't do mindfulness and meditation. But um, all of a sudden I realized I would catch myself during the day where I had totally locked up my jaw and was grinding my, was grinding my teeth. So I started having to wear my night guard during the day. And I never came to having that bubble up in my head and go, hey, you may actually be stressed out here. Maybe you need to make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. Like, but if I did meditation... Mm-hmm. And did body check and then, Mm -hmm. yeah, and been more in tune with that, I probably would have. But I never would have taken off the 15 minutes to do it. I think (laughs) the extreme example of that is from The Secret when the guy talks about, you know, being in the car crash and then his back got all messed Mm -hmm. up. And then going into this mindfulness state and learning everything that he could about what was specifically wrong with his back and then going through the process of building it in his head. And every time that the brain would 
you know, jump off the cliff or get a different thing, then he would come back to it. And after, what did he say? After a couple of months mm-hmm. of concentrating on it, he was able to go through the process of having his brain rebuild what that looked like. Well, as soon as his brain could have a picture of what that looked like, then his body just went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. But it took him a couple of months of dropping in, focusing on that, being able to build it out in his head. And I think that's so true, whether it's a relationship that you're trying to build or even a business that you're trying to build. But if you can get your brain to have a picture of what that looks and sounds and feels mm-hmm. like, it's crazy how quickly your surroundings will just manifest that. Sure. And even if it's as simple as I want to go on this type of vacation, yeah. you know, dropping in, concentrating on what that looks and sounds and feels like, right? Or a vehicle, you know, what does it feel like to wrap your, you know, arms around that type of steering wheel or your hands around that type of steering wheel and then create that as a very vivid picture in your head, how quickly it can come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a superpower. It's literally like one of the most powerful things that as soon as your brain wraps around it and you can get your heart to go along with it, how quickly it can manifest in your life. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And I feel like this is a very good segue to, or not, it's a very good um, practice to starting to understand what that, what that secret is. Mm -hmm. Hmm. No, it's good. What I so on that whole idea. So this 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 goes to manifesting. This goes to the secret, and then the secret. So the idea of raising your energy level and envisioning what you want, and then mindfulness is what you're saying is where you go to. So meditation is where you go to to envision what you want in the future. Right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, and clear the cobwebs. Okay. So it can be. It's a tool. It can mm-hmm. be used for either one of the two of them. A lot of what this guy's saying is, how do you clear the cobwebs? Well, you clear the cobwebs by recognizing that's a thought, saying, yes, that is a thought, and then just being okay with the fact that that's a thought. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right? And then the other way, the other flip side of doing that is concentration or focus concentration on whatever the specific part of your life is that you're looking to have an improvement in. So I have a question on that, and this is kind of getting far afield here a little bit. But um, so as I've mentioned in uh, in other conversations, I did this list of three hundred mm-hmm. that I want to. That's my that's what I'm envisioning, right? Those are my things I want to raise up. But I feel like I need to be true to them by focusing on some of them at a given time, yep. instead of having everything out there. Right. So how do you do that? How do you like? How do you narrow it down? What I did so far, and I don't think it's working, is I took a post-it and I, I listed my top priorities off my 300 list. Mm-hmm. And then my idea is that I'm going to fold that up and carry that with me everywhere. Okay. And I don't know if that's the right way to do it. If you are really going to go into mindfulness, if you really are going to envision whatever you want to happen in your life, how do you do that the most ef- in the most effective manner? Well, there's some things you have to prioritize. For example, I started, uh, based after you talked about the list of 300, I started to do that and I, I saw some of the smaller things um, were priorities, mundane as they might have been. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to get done. Mm-hmm. So that kind of flowed to the top. But then the other thing is just being open. Um, for example, I've always wanted to go to France. 
Mm-hmm. Well, a year ago, my aunt, who's like four years older than me, or I was a Christmas a year ago, said, hey, uh, you want to go to France with me in two weeks? And I just said, yes. <laughs> Good for you. Right. I mean, it was like your year of yes, but I just said yes. Uh, and in another life, another time, I, mm-hmm. I would have been like, well, of course I can't do that. At the mm-hmm. moment's notice, are you insane? But I just went, yes, because it was in my my list and it was like, here's the opportunity. I'm going to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where okay. the attention goes, the energy flows. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're exactly right, Maureen. I mean, by setting up a couple of things at the top of the list, but having a conscious knowledge as to what the other 295 are, mm-hmm. um, at least puts it on purpose and puts it on paper. I've been having a lot of fun since the last time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to tell you guys this. <laughs> Let's hear it. I've taken a picture of every parking stall. <laughs> that the you've ones, gotten? The that, ones that you just And I've missed it up? one time oh in the last two weeks. Oh really? my so, gosh. So that goes back to the idea that you can do the, my, you can do manifesting or the promise or the, the, the secret. The, secret. the promise is the next book that we're okay, going to I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. The secret. You can do it on the very mundane. You can do it on the super spots. mundane. Mm-hmm. But it so works. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. Before you guys leave, I'll flip through my pictures. That is so funny. That I have pictures of all my parking spots. So I have one and more. The funny part is, like, one of them is like at Mount Cato, and there's like hundreds of cars there, right? Mm-hmm. Another one's like at the mall at Target, right? There's like mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of cars there. It's yeah. just every time I just pull in. You're so funny. But the one time that I missed it, Grace was like mad at me. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What is this? This is so ridiculous. You have no right. Spoiled for- there, Missy. Yeah. As I'm like teaching her how this yeah. works. Dad, come on. I was like, I just forgot to think about it before I got in the car. Oh, that is very funny. I actually do the parking spot thing a lot. A lot. It's so good. Mm, it's so, so good. good. Mine is finding something. Um, someone will just like, I can't, they can't find their keys. I can't find their keys. And I'll just think about it and walk right to wherever they are. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's actually a segue. My wife has that. I don't. Yeah. I, that's actually a segue to my, my final question about this because um, I, I was missing. I started writing down all my passwords in a note in a book because mm-hmm. I was sick of not having okay. them. And um, then I lost the book. And um, <clears throat> and so I was on, I was on a, a conference call with someone and I needed one of the passwords. And I said, oh, wait a minute. There's a saint. I said, I'm Catholic. So there's a saint for Anthony. this. Anthony. Yeah, and and so I I Googled what the prayer was, and I said it, and then he said it with me, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't know if I'm going to find it, and I picked up a piece of paper, and there it was. Sure. And oh, yeah. Right My there. mom was always screaming at St. Anthony, and stuff showed up. All the time. <laughs> and and so that actually brings up um, a, a question I have for you. I find some people who don't understand meditation and mindfulness, if you say, oh, I'm going to go meditate. They'll, they'll be either in, in, insinuating or they will actually say, why don't you just pray? Mm. So there seems to be a friction. Right. And I find when I'm with my very devout friends that um, I replace or say both. I say, I'm going to go meditate or pray. And so do you... I think they're totally different things, right? This is this is a good topic. Let's Very go here. So, Let's think. go here because I don't know that I have my mind wrapped around this topic by mm-hmm. any means, but it's also very, very interesting to me. I, I guess I find prayer, and because I grew up Catholic, we were taught there was, uh, you had to be thankful, mm-hmm. you, you had to be reflective, and you had to um, atone. Okay, for things you had done wrong, uh, you know, and and I got so uh, indoctrinated 
to give specific prayers that you're just rattling off words. There isn't necessarily any meaning to it. Mm -hmm. And that there's a, a set way that you pray. The mindfulness, to me, opens up so many more possibilities. You're focused on, on not necessarily that you've sinned or that you're, you're sorry for something, but you're looking at the whole picture of your life, the people that you want to care for and that you want to um, do something for, the projects that you're working on. I guess I normally don't bring God into that. Maybe some people do because it's mm -hmm. part of their whole being, but I've always separated silos in my life and haven't done that. I can definitely see where they're a lot alike, but I see mindfulness as just being so much broader. Expansive. Yes. It's a, and it, whereas prayer is more And focused. that's because of my prayer teachings. Right. That's how I grew up. That's how it, you know, the nuns told us this is how you pray. This is, and, this is the process right. to it. Have you ever tried other prayer? Like not doing that? I mean, I've gone to other churches. Um, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. certainly like a lot of the, um, just like, like Hosanna, where it's just kind of. Contemporary. Not, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Music's a little more contemporary. I think of it as a finger, and the finger either points in or out. And so if it is a mindfulness practice, the mindfulness practice is about what's happening um, with me in my body right now. Where is the pain? And then maybe that grows into a gratitude thing, which is borderline prayer mm -hmm. in my mind. And so if I start with me and I start with the pressure behind the eyes or the pressure in the jaw and then I kind of do the body scan and then that maybe moves into this idea of gratitude of spending 5, 10, 15, you know, whatever minutes going on the gratitude journey of, wow, I'm so thankful that Amy's here. Wow, I'm so thankful that Grace has good shoes. Wow, I'm so thankful for, and I'll just pull for a little bit, right? Just random things. I'm so thankful that my tires have like not had a hole in them and it's been two years. Like I'm so thankful for that right now. It's been two years of not having to deal with any tire things. That's awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So so now we've moved from that finger pointing inwards to now beginning to start to point outwards. And now when you get to prayer, you are totally usually pointing outwards, which is, you know, please help this other person, please, um, you know, whatever, whatever those, so, so to me, mindfulness is, uh, in some ways a little bit more selfish or it feels a little more selfish, um, versus prayer is a little more to me, uh, outward facing and helpful to, to others. I don't know if that makes I any sense. I actually think it's a good analogy. I, yeah. I, I understand it completely. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's good. And so for me, I believe that means I have to have the courage to be okay saying I'm going to go and I'm going to go and meditate. Actually, that three-hour period that I'm, I've never done, um, it actually has, <laughs> it has broken into it. Gratefulness separate. Um, gratefulness, journaling meditation and prayer all four are in there as separate things and i do and i've mentioned this before too when i'm brushing my teeth it's a, a it's always my gratitude i walk around my house and say all the things i'm grateful for um but it, i see those all as very separate i think where i struggle is because i'm a people pleaser too like matt brings up all the time is that that for my very devout friends i don't want to turn them off to what what i'm talking about by not acknowledging their focus on prayer yeah versus mindfulness hmm interesting 
it's totally interesting. It yeah, is. it would be fun to like really do some deep research on this idea of how does prayer mm-hmm. interact with this idea of you know mindfulness and meditation and kind of vice versa. Because I'm sure there's a lot that's been written on that. I'm I just, sure. I just haven't mm-hmm. ever really gone down that road, or it's never been a topic of any of the fun studies. So, and I think the more that you talk, you read about or listen to things from the masters, like the religious masters, mm-hmm. so the Dalai Lama, the Pope, sure. blah blah. blah they don't care about mm-hmm. the difference. It is the people that are indoctrinated to believe there's only one way right. to yeah. love God that I think have a problem with sure. it. Sure. That makes complete yeah. sense. And I'm not saying that's my friends. I think that's my mm-hmm. insecurity about people who are very devout. He said something really interesting. He said, um, when you get seated on the mat, and I can't remember exactly how he said it, but um, get a pose that encompasses both strength and um not proper uh what was the word that he used is he talked about when you get seated on the mat receptive or that you're um, open he said open but he also said it was some there's there's a really powerful word in there that he said that i really liked where it was like you're awake and I can't remember how he put it. I'll remember that next time. Mm-hmm. But I really like that because it's like when you get seated and then he kind of showed the different positions, you know, like the position that I'm in isn't very powerful versus, you know, if he talked about it, you know, having here this being semi-powerful versus this being a lot more open, you know, versus this being even that much more open. Mm-hmm. But I just, that's that's such a cool idea to huh. me. I like that. I was really happy to hear that you can have meditation laying down because that's my preference. Mm-hmm. Totally. It, again, to have that permission mm-hmm. was like, really nice. Yeah, exactly. Somebody mm-hmm. has to give me permission. Then all of a sudden I go, oh, I can yeah. do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I've done it, but I've always been like, I don't think anybody would actually think this is meditation. <laughs> I um, know. They would just think like, I'm pretty much laying down. I'm laying down <laughs> here right now. Um, <laughs> so yesterday, we'll close with this. I think the, yesterday I had my house deep cleaned by a new person i have oh, never nice. had that done before and she was in the first room and she goes hey this the this big purple pillow and the smaller purple pillow are those for the dogs and i said no those are for me to slow down and meditate but i haven't used them in 15 years <laughs> since they were given to me so she goes i don't know what to do with them and i said same with me so uh i did ultimately give her permission to put them on the floor which is where they're supposed to be so i actually have them I have met it because it was a big deal um, probably like 15 years ago in the legal community. Sure. Um, there was this this high, um, uh, large law firm attorney who kind of was starting to step away from practice, but supplementing with mindfulness for attorneys, mm-hmm. which got no one to show up to it at the bar <laughs> association uh, meeting. But uh, he gave a class to people who volunteered to go to it and you got this pillow wet. So anyway, I have a pillow. So I'm going to use the pillow. I'm going to try mindfulness. I'm actually going to watch these videos and um, give this some effort. Between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m.? Yes. (laughs) There you go. I will give it an effort. I will. Well, thanks. And next time we are discussing something else. So we will have a new topic that is related to. So next time is effective and authentic communication. Communication. Who's the presenter? Um, Robin Roberts. From Good Morning America. From Good Morning America. Uh So we will do that. Effective and authentic communication. Session nine. There you go. We'll see you back here next time. Thank you.